This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. We have intelligence from multiple sources, including our allies and our own intelligence. The evidence indicates that the plane was shot down by an Iranian surface-to-air missile. This may well have been unintentional. I was a prime minister earlier this afternoon in response to well, uh, a number of questions that have surfaced, obviously, in the aftermath and uh, many, many suspicions, including from Donald Trump, that this was, in fact, a surface-to-air missile. Uh, could have been accidental, as Trump alluded to, or it may have been willful. Nonetheless, uh, it's there. And now, as we continue to uh, see coverage of this internationally, uh, there is a video that's been put out, I guess, by uh, Ukrainian sources. It's disturbing. And uh, while Global News has not independently verified the video... It looks to be uh, the point of impact from this missile. So that all being said, let me introduce the panel. It's uh, certainly the point, the springboard into our discussion. Topics worthy of discussion is the uh, panel portion of the program. Peter Sherman, broadcaster, businessman, and former conservative MPP. How are you this afternoon? I'm great, and I ho- I hope I can. It's my first time talking to you this year, uh, and so Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year. Right. Uh, I thought you were going to say you hope you can live up to expectations. Don't worry. Well, about yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Putting words in your mouth. David Will, Senior Vice President of Media Profile. That's a leading Toronto Public Relations Agency. How's David? David's good, and I have no expectations for okay. Peter or, or myself. Well, that's all right. Uh, mm-hmm. Nor do we. And uh, Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor, Councillor Ward 2 at Tobago Centre. How's Stephen? I'm doing great. Thanks for the opportunity to be part of the panel. Well, I appreciate your being in all, and uh, I guess this, you know, very, very uh, traumatizing event for the broader community. I mean, not only the Iranian-Canadian community, but all, and uh, especially the disconcerting news or conclusions drawn, including seemingly accepted by our Prime Minister, a surface-to-air missile. Let me start with you, David Wills. I mean, where does that leave us now? I, I think we're we're at a very critical moment, and, you know, the uh, I think a lot of people who are talking a lot about this and speculating it, the four of us included, don't really have even, you know, a minutiae of of the right information. But I do think that with the tensions between the United States and with Iran right now, that that we have to have a very calm, measured approach. I think, you know, we... We heard, you know, the our prime minister can speak very deliberately as he did in that clip that you had there. I think all of that is to reinforce what the president has said, what Trump has said, but in a very, very calm and de-escalating way. And I think we have to do that because, uh, you know, the next move could trigger something bigger. And none of us, I don't think anybody wants to get dragged into uh, into some big military action. All right, uh, Stephen Holliday, some quick thoughts, or uh, did you want to yeah. expand uh, the discussion to include? I mean, they're, they're not as forthcoming as we would like, obviously, with the black boxes. So uh, do we not have a duty uh, and a responsibility to, well, everybody in the broader global community, and uh, certainly for aviation confidence, and certainly for uh, the people that we lost here uh to get some answers. Yep, confidence is a good word. And, uh, you know, as many things as we criticize Mr. Trudeau on, uh, that was a good press conference. 
the Prime Minister is doing what uh, I need him to do as a Canadian to represent us and to act with diplomacy in such a critical time. So um, I, I'm proud of that. Um, but this is a time when people need to be confident in our government government, and the, the government of, of Iran. And, and the next steps over the next hours and days are critical to, to show trust between the countries. And I think there are some really, really deep questions about you know, what's on that black box and are Canadians going to be allowed to go over to Iran and look at the wreckage and look at the black box and look at the data. Uh, the same for uh, the Ukrainian airline who owns the device. And, uh, and what right does uh, Iran have? And I asked that, you know, what is, what is the right for Iran or what is the right thing for them to do to investigate this? And how do they include the other countries to make sure there is confidence in all this? Because the optics are there and we all see them and we all understand them. And we've got to make sure people are feeling okay on this everywhere. Well, Peter, don't they have a duty to international compliance of sorts? And if not, uh, don't we have some duty to put pressure on them? And I'm wondering, Mark Garneau, the transportation minister, or somebody being more assertive in demanding that. Well, we have a duty. We have a duty. We have a duty to people who are Canadians, are, who, who lost people. We have a duty uh, in, in the aftermath of their deaths to vindicate them in some way, at least by, by uh, telling people how they died. And uh, we have a duty as a, as a country to take our position, let's say, with the International Civil Aviation Organization, which is headquartered right here in Canada, in Montreal, to say maybe we need to look at the rules of engagement. If you're you're a country, whatever anybody thinks of Iran, that is uh, allowing uh, continual use of your main airport in Tehran, which they were, or this plane wouldn't have taken off, while you're launching missiles, there's something wrong with that. And and I expect more from anybody, including Iran. I'm going to tell you something. I'm I'm an aviator myself. I don't present myself uh, with any expertise but I can tell you that when that happened, I, not because of anything I suspected about Iran, but because of what I know about these airplanes, I said missile. Absolutely, it's a missile, either gone awry or done intentionally. I don't think done intentionally, by the way. Uh, but Boeing 737s that were serviced last week and manufactured in 2016 don't crash at 8,000 feet, and they don't catch fire at 8,000 feet. Virtually never. They crash on takeoff and landing. So I, I don't think there's any issue here, and I think it, it will be vindicated uh, to have been what what is being uh, proposed by the president and uh, what we just heard Prime Minister Trudeau say, but I think we have to be there. I think if, if they're not allow, allowing uh, U.S. authorities in, they've got to allow Boeing in. They've got to respond to us and say, you're allowed in Canada to at least have standing in the investigation so that you can know. As to boycotting Iranian airspace, maybe we all have to do that on a world basis, and maybe that's what AKO can be talking about, unless and until these guys um, behave responsibly, because it wasn't responsible to allow that plane into the air. Well, and that's another interesting point, obviously, Uh, if we're continuing to see this as being an area, you know, that's very volatile and problematic, uh, wouldn't you want to see uh, air traffic deterred from flying over Iranian airspace? I mean, David Wills, doesn't it make sense? And in a form of boycott as well until they're compliant and release the black boxes, you know, for objective third parties, uh, just shut them down. Well, you know, I think there's two two issues there. I think in, in terms of a boycott, I don't even know if that would be necessary. If I'm an airliner, I'm not sure I'm going to fly my uh, hundred million, multiple hundred million dollar asset into a place that is dangerous. Uh, as if I'm a, a consumer flying, I'm not sure I'm going to get on a plane flying into a place that, that I don't have confidence in. So I'm not sure that it has to be formal there. I think that uh, airlines are going to pull back on their own. Uh, so I don't think it really has to happen. On the issue of the black box, I think what I'm really concerned about is making sure that Iran doesn't destroy it. 
the I think there is no trust between Iran and anybody right now, both ways. So it's very hard for Canada to stand up and say, we demand this. We broke off diplomatic relations with them years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the United States uh, did the same thing. We can't have it both ways on this. And it's, you know, I think Ukraine is probably in the best position on that. But if I'm Iran, I'm going to be skeptical of an American company coming in. They're going to be very worried that they're not going to get a fair shake on this. So they're doing their, I'm hoping what they're doing is they're trying to gather information uh, so that it can come out and then they can be handed over. Um, You know, I'm just, I'm not so worried about whether they hand it over today or tomorrow. I am worried about it being destroyed uh, because I think, you know, there may be nothing, but there could be something. But I think we all have to understand that when there's a relationship where there's zero trust, we can't expect all of a sudden everybody to be acting like adults and uh, through diplomatic channels because they're not there now. I think Iran has to make sure that people are very confident that that data is intact and hasn't been changed or, or tampered with. And and so that's why, you know, the suggestion is, is can, can you do this together with, you know, a representative from the other country or the airline or somebody there, another party? What you do with the raw data then is the part of the interpretation. You know, what does the sensor uh, feedback, you know, mean? And once the data is pulled from the box, well, you can give copies of it to all the countries. It's There's nothing to that. And they can draw their conclusions from that, and the investigation can carry on. But that's why my point was we're in such a critical window that you want to make sure that that evidence is intact and how people interpret the evidence is going to be up to them. Well, I had a black box expert on in hour one, and I asked if it could be tinkered with, and he said, yeah, if people know what they're doing, obviously you can. Uh, and it's like software that, you know, just basically translates into spreadsheets and uh, in a computer, and that's what happens, and then you have the experts pour over that, and it'll tell you, he said, even the residue, if there was some kind of explosive involved, that would be still on the planes, just as it might be, you know, uh, minute traces on your hands or whatever when you have uh, the systems at airports checking you out. Peter Sherman, I wanted to follow up on something that you were talking about, you know, like what the hell were people doing even flying in that volatile region yeah. while, uh, you know, missiles were being launched there from Iran into uh, into Iraq. And it reminds me back of a, a similar volatile situation in the Persian Gulf back in 88. Remember the USS Vincennes, that uh, American gunboat that was patrolling the Straits of Hormuz to keep the channels open when Iran and Iraq were at each other's throats? And uh, then there was a passenger plane flying from Tehran to Dubai, a short hop over the Gulf, uh, but it was taken out by the USS Vincennes. 290 people lost their lives. And again, in this, I don't want to call it necessarily the fog of war, but it was a volatile situation similarly, and mistakes get made because misinterpretations abound, and people think that it's an F-14 coming in for the kill shot, when in fact it's a passenger jet on the ascendancy hoping to fly over. Uh, So whenever you have these situations, and I also alluded to a time when I was flying to Dubai and uh, Syria was obviously a fire then, I could tell by uh, the flight pattern that was, you know, there on the screen in front of me off the back that we made a concerted effort to avoid that part and sort of flew 90 degrees, you know, uh, over Saudi Arabia to come in from a side door kind of thing. At what point do uh, these kinds of protocols govern international flights? Because you do have hot zones in the world. I think that they should be, they should have been governing uh, third-party flights. 
uh, last week, once hostilities were uh, apparent, when when uh, Soleimani was taken out, that should have happened. And as far as airlines are concerned, I don't know. I don't speak for anybody, and I don't know the thinking behind the uh, the operation of uh, Khomeini Airport in Tehran. I don't know the thinking of the Ukrainian pilot that took off, and I don't know the thinking of uh, what constitutes a clear and present danger. I know that you're right about the Vincennes. There was one where Israel took out an American airliner, I believe it was, goes back 30 or 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Israel had one taken out. You remember the Russians shooting down a Malaysian airliner? Right. This happens in in the fog of war. And uh, while the two countries may not be in open warfare, there was an awful lot going on. And I want to make one other point that uh, David alluded to. It's true that we don't have direct diplomatic relations, but it didn't prevent our foreign affairs minister from picking up the phone and calling his counterpart in Iran and having what sounds like a modestly fruitful discussion. And it didn't stop back channels from operating in in closing down hostilities between the U.S. and Iran after the missiles uh, hit unoccupied uh, air bases. That being the case, I think that there's room and maybe even an opportunity to get people to sit down and talk to each other, because otherwise this is not the last one of these we're going to hear about. You know, when it comes to apportioning blame or pointing fingers, this was an interesting question that was posed to the Prime Minister in his press conference just before 3 o'clock. It was a reporter from the CBC. Roll tape. If the intelligence is accurate, then it seems this is the end result of a sequence of events that was sparked by the drone strike ordered by the U.S. president. So given the information you have, how much responsibility does the United States bear for this tragedy? The evidence suggests that this is the likely cause, but we need to have a full and complete and credible investigation to establish uh, exactly uh, what happened. Uh, that is what we are calling for, and that is what we are expecting will happen. Stephen Holliday, U.S. bear any responsibility? The CBC reporter alluding to uh, this drone strike sort of being the first domino to fall. Oh, I need to know a lot more. I mean, is this some kid at a computer terminal with an itchy finger that, that made a bad call and, and launched a weapon? Is there a, an order in the, from the military involved? We don't know any of that stuff. No, but he's saying it was actually Donald Trump. If he had not killed Soleimani, uh, none of this would have happened. Naturally, we'll, we'll, we'll blame the U.S. president somehow for this. I mean, you, know, you can play uh, academic discussion games as far back as you want to go. The situation is tense in this part of the world. Uh, there was a lot going on at the time, and nobody, nobody uh, outside of probably a very few people really understand what happened. Um, you know, did somebody out in a field, uh, out of out of anger and rage, press a button? We just don't know. All right, but David Wills again uh, that somehow this dials into Donald Trump's decision to take out Soleimani. It starts there. Is that legitimate as a critique? Uh, fine, but it, but it, it's also you could then back up to oh well, Iran did this before that, and then the United States did this to Iran before that. So if you're going to do the domino effect. You know, can we agree on what the first domino is? Because it's a loser question. I, you know, I think the I think <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, it, no, I mean it's a loser. It's a for CBC the per- question. No, but it's a, for the person. The, the prime minister was quite good in answering it that mm. he didn't did he didn't take the bait. He didn't bite on it. He right. didn't bite on it because it's like, is that the first domino? Right. It's. Uh, you know, you know. Have you? I guess my question indirectly: a, Have you stopped beating your wife yet? That's that question, right? And it's like it's unfair in that way. But it's you know, it, he's the prime minister, and he's going to get asked questions like that, and how he answers them is more important than what his answer is. All right, but uh, Peter Sherman, it also tells me a lot about the person who offered the question up that thought it was a legitimate one, doesn't it? Well, I just coughed up. It was a CBC question. You know, it's a loaded question, and it's asked from the uh, from a particular point of view that. Not 
not everybody shares. And, and if you're going to ask that kind of a question, then why don't you say, well, if, if Khomeini hadn't taken over from the Shah in 1979, would there ever be hostilities between the U.S. and Iran? And that goes to what, what David just said. You, you, can, you have to stop somewhere. The bottom line is a bad guy was taken out by Trump. You can like it or not like it. That happened. Did it cause this plane crash? I don't think so. Well, yeah. and, and it's a roundabout way of asking uh, the prime minister as to whether or not he thinks Trump was right to take out the general. And we don't, we have no idea from where we sit what intelligence and what uh, military intelligence the, um, the, the president relied on uh, to ensure that this thing happened. And uh, I'm not sure we'll know in our lifetime. But somebody made a decision somewhere for some reason to do that, and it's hard to question it. Well, yeah, I guess it's an article or a leap of faith because uh, we've seen where the intel community has uh, actually gotten it wrong on more than one occasion. So whether or not you act precipitously on these things. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.